Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Radically Apostolic, the reality, the journey, and the reward of the call of God. This is the new book. It's in stores right now. It's written by Charles G. Robinette, and Charles is right here with me now to talk all about it. Charles, thank you for being here tonight. It's a high honor to be with you, sir. Thank you for taking the time to to just talk a little bit about our book. It's great to have you here. So tell me all about it. What's Radically Apostolic all about? Well, you know, we wrote the book, or I wrote the book, in I believe it would have been in 2020. And we had just transitioned back to Europe. And we were actually in Annemasse, France, when we took a brief trip over to Berlin, Germany, or what we thought was going to be a brief trip. And then COVID broke loose and we wound up stranded in Berlin, Germany with the borders closed and all the restrictions. And so the Lord just really kind of boxed us in and sat me down for a season. And I had the opportunity to just start putting into words the experiences that the Lord had given us over the decades as we have traveled. And so we've we've had the privilege to visit nearly 100 nations in the world and minister in those nations and see the work of God in those nations. During COVID and during that 2020 season, we just kind of sat down and started putting into writing the great things that God has done, how the Lord did it, how the Lord positioned some of these nations to see miracles and signs and wonders. And as a matter of fact, when we wrote the book, the first working title was Miracles, Signs and Wonders. Hmm. But as we got into it, we realized that the Lord was not just talking about the miracles that have been happening all around the world, but really how to see miracles, how to be positioned to see the demonstration and power of the Lord break loose, not just in a nation, but in your own life, in your family, in your church. And so that's really what the book is about. It's the how to become apostolic in word and in deed. Mm. Charles, what kinds of readers do you think would be really into this? Well, I think everybody, sir. And uh, number one, you know, the world has, you know, really shifted and there's just a lot of craziness out there and people are really hungry for God and for mm-hmm. connecting with God in a very special, a powerful and anointed way. And they want to get away from just a religious experience into a powerful demonstrative experience with God. And so I believe anybody who's hungry to step into a new dimension that's ready to experience the power of God in their life, their ministry, their family, I think anybody, regardless of their walk of life, regardless of whatever religion that they are affiliated with, it really doesn't matter. Those that are hungry and that want to be mightily used of God and want to see the hand of the Lord activated in their ministry, that's who's going to be hungry to get their hands on this book. And beyond that, This book is filled with so much truth and revelation of of the mighty God. And so I would think that anybody's hungry to know God, anybody who wants to know how to pray, anybody who wants to learn what prophetic prayer is and to see the power of the Lord activated in their life, that's who's going to be interested and who's going to go out, get this book and not just get this book, but maybe get one for somebody else as well. 
Charles, is this the first time you've written or had anything published? Yes, sir. To be honest, this was a terrifying experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how did it feel then whenever that day came and you got that first copy and you got to hold it in your hands for the first time? Well, if I was to be brutally honest, I cried. It was, you know, um, I didn't go to college. I don't have any, you know, advanced education that would make me qualified to write. And so to, you know, have that miracle opportunity where God just sat me down for a season and allowed me to put into words the things that he'd allowed me to see over all of these years. It was really an amazing experience. And when I got that first copy in my hands, oh my goodness, sir, it was just a real emotional moment. And my wife and I were sitting there together when it arrived. And to see, you know, this radically apostolic book in print that I'm definitely not qualified to write, but somehow God just anointed us to do it. And to see the Lord just take a nobody from nowhere and allow us to put something just of kingdom value into the hands of so many people is just, we just feel humbled. The book is titled Radically Apostolic, The Reality, the Journey, and the Reward of the Call of God. It's written by Charles G. Robinette, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can pick this up everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you shop for your books. Thank you again, Charles, for stopping by the show. I had a really nice time talking. It's been my honor, sir. Thank you for taking time for me. This book is a very personal collection of poetry about life, and it's in stores now. It's titled A Collection of Poetry About Life. It's written by Shannon Anderson, and she's right here with me now to talk about it. Shannon, thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you, Corey. It's really exciting. People can pick up this collection of poetry about life everywhere, Shannon. Can you tell us all about it? Basically, it's about everything that I went through in my 50 years of living. And I just put most of my experiences that I dealt with into poetry. Hmm. And what gave you the idea to write this and have it published for the world? Well, actually, my aunt inspired me and my mom to write the books because I basically been writing since I was 19 and I decided to get them published because of the pandemic. So many people were going through some of the topics that I touched on in my books and I thought it would be an inspiration to people to hold on and keep the faith. Hmm. Specifically, were there target readers that you had in mind whenever you were putting this out? Actually, no, it's for all ages. I mean, the young, the old, it really doesn't matter. So I wasn't specifically targeting any age, just anyone who found any of the poetry helpful. I have a feeling this is the first time that you've been published. Is that correct? Yes, sir. This is my first book that I've actually published. And I'm looking forward to putting out a part two to the collection book of poetry. Oh, how far along are you with that? Well, maybe about another couple of months because I want to at least have about 50 to maybe 55 poems. Right now, I'm only at 42. So I want to try to come up with a little bit more poems to complete the book. And my goal is to probably stop around 50, maybe 55 poems at the least. What did it feel like then whenever you got the first copy of a collection of poetry about life in your hands? You got to hold it. What was going through your mind? Oh, my God. It was like a dream come true. I mean, like I said, I've been writing since I was 19. 
I actually got my first book published at the age of 50. So I was so overwhelmed, excited. I mean, I accomplished a goal that I set out to do, become a published author. And now that you are a published author, what advice can you offer to those listening right now who aren't published yet, but they want to be? The most advice that I can offer any author that want to have their book published is Make sure that you get a publishing company. <laughs> you don't know all the aspects, the ins and outs to publishing a book. You need that professional help. I know a lot of people like to publish their books independently, but for my first time, I was unaware of the experience. And basically, Fulton Book have enlightened me in publishing my book. And I was just so thankful that I had someone who was actually working in the field that was very friendly and knowledgeable. And I am so thankful and grateful for her and her expertise. Mm. And now that you have your book out there, you're working on your second book. What would you say is the most rewarding aspect for you of being a published author now? Individuals coming up to me and telling me how I've changed their life and I have not changed their life. I'm just a messenger from God. God changed their life. I was just a messenger putting the poetry into play. It feels good that people look at me as an inspiration, but they need to look to God because I am not the inspiration. I cannot save lives, nor can I change lives. So I give all the glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Shannon, we're thankful that you're using the gifts that God's given you to reach out and inspire others. The name of the book is A Collection of Poetry About Life. It's written by Shannon Anderson, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Shannon, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a great time talking with you. Thank you, Corey. And I look forward to all of the readers purchasing my book. I hope you all enjoy each and every poem and stay encouraged. Author Matthew Dean Duplantis is sitting down next to me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Matthew, thank you for joining me here tonight. Thank you. It's fantastic. You have a new book out in stores right now. It's titled God Loves You, 1 John 4.16. So can you tell us all about it? It's basically, I call it positive prayer myself. Hmm. It brings back to uh, a Christian root. And what sorts of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? Christians in general, any religion, Christians span the three quarters of the people of the earth. So I figured, why not involve everybody? Hmm. How long of a journey was this for you to write this and get it put through the publishing process? Four years. And is this the first time you've embarked on this journey when it comes to writing a book or being published? Yes, this is my first time. I'm sure you learned a lot along the way, especially being your first time. So well, what advice would you give to people who are just about to do the same thing? Prayer has always been an avenue for me to pray into God. Hmm. Whomever you hold, the creator of the universe, be able to communicate and ask for help. Most people don't even, don't even know they can even ask. Hmm. But it's there. Yeah, Christian faith is there. Mm. And depending on your own point of view, there's other, there's quite a few Christian religions out there to choose from. And there's nothing like seeing that finished product, Matthew. So what was it like for you whenever that day came and the first copy of God Loves You came in the mail and you got to hold it for the first time? What was going through your head? A dream. Mm. A dream to share positivity with the world. 
where it could very well be sometimes too stressful in our 21st century. Matthew, have you thought about what's next? Maybe writing another book, seeking more publishing? Not at the moment, just the first one. Now you have your first one out there, such a huge accomplishment. So thinking about that, what's the most rewarding aspect for you of now being a published author? Sharing the good word, the good news with Christian people of all faiths show that God really does care. He just wants to care back. He just wants to be able to communicate with us through prayer. Hmm. Matthew, is writing an easy thing for you, or do you get challenges like writer's block or maybe just not knowing where to go next? No, there's no outline. There's no index. I started with a particular thought. It was a run on the very same thought. It just led one step to the other, sort of like telling a story and following those little steps. I'm hoping the, the readers will appreciate what I have to share to them. So it sounds like a journey of discovery, not only for the reader, but this was also one for yourself as well. Yes. I'd learned a life of, of being more positive when I moved out of my parents' house, and I wanted to heal. I knew I had to do that. But I wanted to share the same things I learned of positivity with the glass for me now is half full, not half empty. Mm. And Matthew, when you sit down to read, what kinds of things do you find yourself drawn to? I, I assume the Bible might be one of those. Yes, actually it is. The Roman Catholic faith has been a backbone for my life. The Bible itself, I've done plenty of reading, and actually there's a lot I haven't read. I initially started with just the New Testament, but there's some Old Testament books that I'm starting to understand that's also very beneficial. Mm. And Matthew, do you have a routine for writing? Like, do you like to maybe do it in the morning, at night, at, at a certain place? Or do you just find yourself writing whenever that inspiration strikes you? It struck me because I had to, I figured out I needed to uh, do something in life, hmm. like get married, for example. And I needed some way to support my future idea of marriage. I couldn't do it empty-handed. I looked at my life asked my question to myself, what can I share that no one else knows? Mm -hmm. And I immediately and kept coming back to prayer, which is, I've got most of it through the Roman Catholic Bible myself. Mm -hmm. The name of the book is God Loves You, 1 John 4.16. This is written by Matthew Dean Duplantis, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find this everywhere that you shop for books like Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Matthew, I really appreciate you coming on the show here with me again tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thanks. God bless you. I'm delighted to be joined by author Alora Johns right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Alora, thank you for being here with me tonight. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's really exciting you have a book. It's out in stores right now. It's titled The Adventures of Eli and Tig. Can you tell me what this book's all about? It's about a little boy who goes on an adventure with an imaginary friend. And this little boy really loves pigs, and his imaginary friend is a pig. And they go into this imaginary land, and they have enter into a baseball game that is a little bit unusual. Hmm. And the characters in the baseball game are the farm team and the zoo team. So we have all these animals dressed in baseball uniforms playing baseball. Mm -hmm. Alora, what kinds of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? 
I was actually, I wrote it for my grandson who is in the third grade. I was aiming at elementary age boys, but my granddaughter seemed to like it too, so. Hmm. And how did you get the idea for the story and for Tig the Pig? Well, my grandson, Eli, loves pigs. I mean, he loves, he decorates his room with pigs. He has pig everything. (laughs) And if you give him a game that has a pig as the focal point, he's really happy. Don't know why he loves pigs, but he does, and he loves baseball. And so it was his birthday, and over the years I've written several short stories for my grandchildren as little gifts and illustrated them for them. But this one kind of grew. Hmm. It grew into more than the other stories did. Is this the first time you've had one of your stories published then? Yes, it is. I've written lots of plays for children's church and Mm. puppet skits and a lot of that type of thing. I taught school, so I wrote a lot of stories for the kids at school. But this is the first time I, you know, went the whole way and finished something up and published it. Wow. Have you given thought to maybe doing it again and publishing more of your work in the future? Yeah, I've got a storyboard going for another adventure with Eli and Tig. Mm. And my grandson, Eli, has given me lots of ideas, and he's my best critic. (laughs) Can you tell me about the cover and the illustrations? Well, the cover is a picture of Eli and Tig, and as you can see, Tig the pig is dressed like a little boy. That's a picture of when they first meet, and so they're getting ready to go on their adventure. I'm a retired art teacher, so I did the illustrations myself. I did them with a little boy in mind. Yeah, certainly are beautiful. What advice, Alora, would you have now for the aspiring authors listening now who are looking to get their first work out there? I'd say just keep going. You know, mm-hmm. don't get discouraged. It took longer than I thought it would, and it's not a fast process. So, <laughs> you know, you can get discouraged and want to stop. But I'd say if you've got a good story and you feel like it would be a blessing to others, just go for it. And a lot of authors tell me that they feel really encouraged once they get that first copy, that first physical copy in the mail. They get to hold it in their hands for the first time. What was that like for you? Well, that was fun. I think my husband got more excited than I did. (laughs) But when we went up to my grandson's house and I gave him a copy, that was really exciting for him to see his story in print. So I think that kind of was the cherry on top of the ice cream. Mm. When you're writing, is it an easy thing for you, or do you stumble sometimes and hit writer's block? You know, I'm a pretty good storyteller, so once I start something, it it kind of flows. The hard part is going back and making sure your sequence is correct and that your grammar and your punctuation is correct. The actual storytelling is the easy part for me. Mm. And I encourage readers of all ages to check this book out. It's called The Adventures of Eli and Tig. It's written by Alora Johns, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Alora, I really appreciate you coming on the show with me here tonight. I had a very nice time talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. I really love the title of the book I have here with me now. It's titled Stop Bullying Before It Starts, and the author, Kenya M. Tuff, is sitting right next to me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable to talk about it. Kenya, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Yes, hi, everyone. Thank you for having me, Corey. 
Well, this is great. You have this book out in stores now, Stop Bullying Before It Starts. Can you tell me all about it? The book was written. It's so funny. Okay, so this book was um, over, what, a little over 10 years in the making. I started writing this book. I wrote a good majority of it way back in 2010 at a job I had, actually. I actually wrote majority of the book, like I said, on the job that I had at one time. And what inspired me and compelled me to write it was because during that time, bullying had become very prevalent, just very out of control. I mean, It seemed like every time I looked at the news every other day, I was hearing about how a child had committed suicide caused by bullying. What is being done about this? This is is a crisis. It's becoming like what we have now, almost like a pandemic. And it was beginning to happen globally, worldwide. And before there were all these programs now in place to help children cope who are being bullied and all of these anti-bullying programs there, these things didn't exist during that time. So that's what made me sit down and want to share my experiences, tips and advice that worked for me as a teenager, well, adolescent teenager, and share it with everyone. Because as I put in the book, in the summary on the back cover, it really doesn't begin or, or stop with the youth or children, this, this, like the book is written for, for everyone. Because as I also mentioned in my book, even adults are bullied, mostly in the workplace. And it's mostly done in a black sheep-like manner. Same as a child, you know, you're the black sheep. We don't want anything to do with you. And those are the employees who are, you know, so mistreated. They're not one of the favorites. That's also me. So I just can't escape it. You know, bullied as a child, <laughs> not the favorite, almost anywhere I work. That's what compelled me because, like I said, at that time, no one was trying to, from what I saw, no one was trying to help these kids. And like I said, all these programs you have now, they they didn't exist back when I wrote the book. Is this the first time you've ever written a book or been published? Yes, actually it is. Yes, this is my first book. Congratulations. Did it take you a long time to do this? No, to actually write it (laughs) took me only about a week. But the publishing part... You know, getting up the money, the funds <laughs> to get it published, yeah, that's what took years because unfortunately I was not working on it, you know, jobs that paid well to, you know, try to get a book published and pay bills and eat, you know, buy groceries. Right. So, uh, but about three years ago, I was finally blessed with a job that paid an adequate income where I could get the book published. I'm glad it it took some time because I had, you know, several typos and all, you know, kind of mechanical errors Mm. that I had other people to review for me. And I'm glad because I would have been looking like a complete uneducated idiot had, (laughs) had it been published the way it was with all of those grammatical errors and things as they called them. Yeah, it was really wise for you to reach out and seek help when you felt that you needed it. Mm -hmm. What was it like for you then, Kenya, whenever you got the first copy of this, you got to hold it in your hands? It was, uh, of course, it it was exciting. I'm like, yes, this this is my work. Mm -hmm. I finally did it. It was over 10 years in the making, but I I did it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I'm just ready to, I didn't do it solely for money, but I would be lying if I said I'm not ready to see some royalties start to come in. The name of the book is Stop Bullying Before It Starts. It's written by Kenya M. Tuff, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can buy this everywhere, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you pick up books. Kenya, thanks again for coming by the show. I had a really nice time talking with you tonight. Thank you, Corey. I, I enjoyed it.
It was pleasant. And yeah, thank you again for having me. I'm really happy to be talking now with author Patrice Saunderson here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Patrice, thank you for coming on the show here with me tonight. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. It's really exciting. You have a new book out in stores now. It's called Jesus Intensive, My Jagged Journey in Faith. So this sounds like something that's really personal to you. Can you tell me about it? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, actually, I almost started to cry. Mm. It was very personal. It was about a life, unexpected life change. I really had nowhere to turn. And so it really became a jagged journey in faith. I was born again as a child. But I didn't know that God would actually help me in life. Hmm. I just kind of thought God had forsaken me. And I didn't know that you could actually have faith and trust that God will take care of anything you're going through. Because the last 20 years of my life up to that point, it seemed like every direction I was going to, it was just one closed door after another. And the mountains just seemed like they were getting bigger and bigger. And Hmm. I felt trapped. When my life suddenly changed, I thought, here I am. I'm buried. I would rather just be dead because I'm just going to get buried by these mountains and there's no way out. But I found a mentor at church. Every time I would ask her a question, her response back to me was, what does God say? That seemed insane to me. What do you mean? What does God say? You know what God says. So I need you to tell me so I know what to do. And so I decided just to sit in my bed one day and I began reading the Bible starting at Genesis 1-1, and I didn't stop, and I forced myself to read it until I finished all the way to Revelation, but I read it in order. And at some point, probably about two weeks into reading the Bible, maybe three, I felt like God was starting to talk to me, so I was starting to understand what she was trying to communicate to me. So this thing that I really dreaded her telling me and answering all of my questions with really turned out to be a blessing going forward. Patrice, can you think back to that moment when you decided to sit down and write this story and tell it to the world? Again, it it must have been a difficult decision. Actually, when I started to write the book, it was actually when everything closed down from COVID. And one of my girlfriends that I had met in California in a marriage restoration ministry, she had reached out to me that morning and we were going back and forth and we were talking about because we both had the same mentor with this marriage restoration ministry, even though we were in different states. We were both talking about how our experience 10 years ago with our life changes actually prepared us to not be in fear with COVID shutting everything down, because now there were a lot of people that we were noticing in a tremendous amount of fear. So as soon as I finished talking to her, actually, while I was talking to her, that's when I felt like I needed to share my experience. Everything just kind of fell in a line. As soon as I hung up with her, the name of the book actually came to mind. And the first thing I did was go to GoDaddy and secure the domain name. Mm. And then I immediately started writing. And it just took me about three or four days to write it. Wow. Have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing or anything? No, I did terrible in English in school. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Congratulations. What advice could you give now to authors who are listening now? They're just starting out and looking to go on this journey as well. Go with where you feel led. If it just pours out of you and you feel like it's going to help other people, share things that are going to help others out of their circumstances. 
Because if you're not going to show people a path or a way, then it doesn't really help them. People really need, you're not going to hit everybody, but there's always going to be that one person out there Mm -hmm. that will benefit from what you have to say. And it could be the one thing that can save their life and get them going in a positive direction rather than going in a negative direction. It might be the one thing that gets them going and saves their life, basically, or saves their soul. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are going to be helped and inspired by this book. It's called Jesus Intensive, My Jagged Journey in Faith. It's written by Patrice Saunderson, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find this everywhere that you go shopping for your books, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Patrice, it was really great having you on the show here tonight. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. I'm really happy to be joined right now by author Deke Cateau here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Deke, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's great to have you here. It's so exciting that you have a new book out. People can buy it everywhere. It's titled Brush Fire, COVID-19 and Our Nursing Homes. So can you tell me what this is all about? Hey, so the book is actually about the, the plight or the battle that nursing homes, specifically the three nursing homes, of which I'm so proud um, to lead, had throughout COVID. So while it's based on my experiences and AG Roads, which is the nonprofit organization in Atlanta, Georgia, which I lead, while it's based on our experiences, undoubtedly the experiences that were experienced by every nursing home in the country. As you know, nursing homes were ground zero for COVID. Most of the COVID cases and deaths actually were in nursing homes. So it's me chronicling those experiences that we, we, we had and actually are still going through at this time. This is so important to be talking about right now. Deke, did you have any certain readers in mind when you wrote this? Yeah, well, there's several groups. I I would like every nursing home staff member to read this book and understand that their plights and their cases will never be forgotten and are understood. I also want consumers. I want the media and a lot of people who misunderstand nursing homes and then misunderstand the cards we were dealt to read this. So really, it's a book for everyone, not just nursing home staff, but consumers who may want to move into nursing homes and media and other stakeholders who I think do not understand nursing homes really need to read it as well. This sounds like it might have been something that took you a long time to write and put together. Is that the case? So actually, no, it took me, although it's, it is my first book, I will say that. Hmm. It took me a little under a year to, I mean, start to finish. And that's just, uh, you know, because of, to me, the urgency of it. Mm. And living through COVID, uh, really the material was, was there for me to write. So it didn't take as long as I would have expected to have written, but happy to make it my contribution, you know, to the, to the body of work around COVID and, and this pandemic. And congratulations on having your debut book out there. That's really exciting. How does it feel when you get that first copy? You get to hold it in your hands for the first time. Oh, my gosh. That was an awesome feeling. Mm. We all dream about writing a book. I've said that for years, that I've seen a lot in nursing homes and I could write a book. We all think about it, but it's never something we actually act on. Mm. So for me to have actually written one, you know, that day, like you said, when those first couple copies arrived and, and I looked at it, it was, it was a true feeling of, of joy and pride. What are the chances that we'll see more books from you in the future? You know what? I may. Uh, I'm not going to make any promises, <laughs> but, but, but I may. I mean, I think, again, this topic was such an important topic. 
and a topic which is so personal to me. And undoubtedly, you know, as 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 I live, as life as life continues, there would probably be other things that I'm as passionate about. So I'm not gonna I'm gonna leave that open. You may you may see more to come. Well, I sure hope that we do. Now, do you have any advice for people listening right now who are authors just starting out? Yeah, I mean, take the moment. I used this moment because it was there. It was in front of me. It was a difficult time for me. I was was suffering from insomnia. I wasn't sleeping at night. Mm -hmm. And I channeled a lot of that into writing this book. So I would urge anyone thinking about, about writing a book to when those moments occur, Use those moments to your advantage. Do not waste the moment and the opportunity to start writing and start jotting down your ideas and chronicling. There, there are lots that happens in our lives that I think we do not chronicle. Mm-hmm. And I think chronicling is very important because it leaves a history of that moment that's going to be etched there forever. You can't take that away. A project like this is certainly difficult to take on alone. So, Deke, did you have anybody in your life who knew you were doing this and they could be there to maybe back you up, motivate you, encourage you? Yeah, so my family, firstly, always my wife, Kia, my my children, Danielle, Kiana, Jeremiah, certainly encouraged me throughout this journey. My staff, you know, some directly did, and the frontline staff, literally in nursing homes, who, who I wrote this book for, who I dedicated this book to, they gave me the motivation to keep doing it. Uh, you know, as a leader, you know, I was, I, there's only so much I could have done for them, you know, and I continue trying to do those things to help them. But more importantly, too, I wanted to make sure that their plight was not forgotten. So I thank all of these groups of individuals. Some, again, help me more directly than others. But in general, I thank all of those. And I thank those people who have gone before me who helped me. And I was motivated by the thoughts of my mom and my dad who are no longer with me. And I was motivated by thoughts of their pride in knowing that their son would have written something as seminal as this is. So I thank all of these groups, those with us and those are not, that were not, not with us. And this book is dedicated to them all. And I hope my listeners will check this book out. It's called Brushfire, COVID-19 and Our Nursing Homes. It's written by Deke Cateau, and it's published by Fulton Books. Of course, you can find this everywhere you go shopping for books, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Deke, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for your hard work on all these important things. I had a great time talking. Thank you so much, my friends. And again, thank you to all the frontline heroes working in nursing homes and healthcare throughout the United States and throughout the world. I thank you all. Sitting down with me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Christina Schwabauer. Christina, thank you for being here with me tonight. Hey, it's great to be here. Congratulations on having a new book. It's a children's book called Bunny. So can you tell me all about it? Yes. It's a story about Bunny from Bunny's perspective, and it's Bunny and her best friend, Jessica. And my daughter is Jessica, and when she was little, her best friend was Bunny. She lived with Bunny. She took Bunny to everywhere with her, and they literally spent their days together like best friends. Mm. And so that's what I wanted to bring forth in the book was just like their day of joy that they had together with each other. Was there something in particular that sparked you to say, hey, I need to sit down and write this book and get it out to the world? Uh, Actually, it's kind of crazy because I just sat down one day and was thinking about it. And I grabbed a piece of paper and started writing. And within like 20 minutes, it was there and done. Hmm. What sorts of readers do you think would be really into this? 
I think like zero to seven years old, I think kids that have that joy of just not necessarily sitting in front of electronics, but using their imagination and the joy that they receive from their favorite item that is theirs, that's special to them, that they lay down with in bed every night and that they can see that other kids do this too and the joy that they receive from spending time with that stuffy that they have. One of the first things that really caught my attention about your book is the cover. The The artwork is really striking. It's beautiful. This is illustrated by Jennifer Ross. Can you tell me about that? Yes. Jennifer is actually my husband's cousin, and she is an actual artist out of Shiawassee here in Michigan. Hmm. And she works at the Shiawassee Art Center, and she has her own shows. She's just a phenomenal talent. I know you said you looked at the cover, but if you look at the illustrations, you'll see the brush strokes that she actually sat with paint and canvas and touched each one of these pictures probably three or four times until the finished product was there. And just the phenomenal time she took to put into it. And the way she made Jessica and Bunny come alive and leap off the page is how I remember things. She's just so talented and such a blessing. It was exciting to watch her abilities come to life on the page. Mm. It was wonderful. Did this whole thing take you a long time then when it came to writing, doing the illustrations, publishing? Was that a long time? It took me about three years, which I think probably is a little longer than what most people take. By the time I wrote the book and then, you know, went back and forth on is, you know, is this something that other people would enjoy? And then taking time to look into publishing companies and find all that information out with this being my first work. I had no idea on those different things. And so just, you know, sitting down and talking with different publishing companies. And then Jennifer had the illustrations for probably a year and then taking it back to the publishing company and going through the different things that they have to do that took about 10 months. Then when you finally got that first copy, you got to hold it in your hands. What was that moment like for you? I cried. Mm. <laughs> it's it's like it's like wow, it finally happened. But then, you know, we see the pictures and everything throughout the process, but then seeing it all together and that all that hard work over those three years and the learning curves and everything that go into it actually has came to a tangible outstanding accomplishment mm. with my name on it. It was just it was wonderful and exciting. Mm. Would you do it again? Have you given any thought to more books? I've submitted two more wow. and they've both been approved. It's just getting those rolling and I'm going to speak with her about doing the illustrations on the one. And then the third one, I'm actually in conversation with the publishing company about getting that signed and getting that rolling. The book is titled Bunny and it's written by Christina Schwabauer. You can find this everywhere like Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick and mortar stores. Well, Christina, thank you so much for joining us here again. I, I had such a nice time talking with you. Thank you. I appreciate it. This was exciting. I, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Longtime listeners of the show will be really happy to hear a familiar voice alongside me right now. I'd like to welcome author J.W. McCoola back to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Mr. McCoola, it's great to chat with you again. Hey, it's great to be here, Corey. Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. Always great speaking with you. You've got another book out. We're really excited about it. It's called Rockin' by Babies, One World, One Love Tour. So can you give me an idea of what readers will expect in this one? 
Sure. So in the first Rock and Buy Babies, it's actually inspired by my son, who, when I wrote the first Rock and Buy Babies, was probably two years old. You know, he loves rock and roll. He loves music. He loves, you know, jamming out, you know, with us and, and his little buddies. And, and that was kind of the inspiration for the original Rock and Buy Babies. And then subsequent to writing that book, you know, he got a little bit older and, you know, our world changed a bit. And I kind of imagined what would happen if Benjamin and his band went on tour and tried to heal kind of the wounds of the world with music and with laughter. And, you know, one thing I've learned is there's this universal sound that kind of cuts through all the noise. And what that is, is, you know, the sound of children's laughter. It just has this way of cutting through everything else that distracts us as adults. And it's pure and it's magical. And so the whole idea behind Rockabye Baby's One World, One Love Tour is what if they went on tour all around the world and they used music and laughter, again, to heal the world's wounds and to get adults to listen to one another and to see the big picture, right? Often as adults, we probably make that a whole lot more complicated than it should be, so... Sometimes it takes a child's voice to, again, cut through all of that and get us to listen. I love the theme of music that you keep returning to. What is it about music that's so special and can bring us all together? You know, it's interesting. I love music myself. So that's the one thing me and my little man share in common. And one of my favorite things to do is go to live music events, all genres, all shapes, all sizes. And what's cool about that is when you go, you know, what you find is that music cuts across wide swaths, right? Like it, music does not discriminate. It's all inclusive and people take from music whatever they need to take from music. But it's this great unifier. And that's what I really like about it. And I felt like, you know, against the backdrop of what was going on in the world at the time and continues to go on, everybody could use kind of a great unifier, something that, again, that rises above the noise that could pull us apart. And uh, music just has that power. And who better to bring that power to the world than the Rockin' By Babies? Absolutely. Do the Rockin' By Babies have plans after the tour now? Do you have plans maybe for another sequel? You know, the Rockin' By Babies, I think this tour took a lot out of them. So they've had to do a little bit of resting. They're powering up with plenty of milk and apple juice and fruit snacks and other things that any touring band of their caliber needs to recharge. But from what I understand, they're back in the studio working on new music. And once they're done with that new music, they're going to want to bring that to the world. And they have a lot of now raving fans that are waiting for that. So stay tuned. I'm, I think Little Birdie told me they'll be going back on tour sometime in the near future. So watch this space. Writing a book takes so much time and energy, so is it all worth it? What makes the whole thing worth it to you? You know, bringing your creation to life, you know, it's kind of like, you know, in, in many ways, having a child and, and bringing that into the world. But in this case, you know, a child, it's kind of like even with Benjamin, he was a wild card. I didn't know. You never know how things will turn out. Mm. But with something like this, it's like a ball of clay that you can mold into your baby and into your creation and release it into the world. That's exciting. And it's also scary right? Mm. Anytime you release something out to the world, it can be criticized, but it can also have a huge impact in, in ways that as authors, you know, is very, very powerful. Uh, and you never know whose life it could change, right? And so I'm motivated by the feedback I get from those that pick up the book and read it and it impacts them in interesting, powerful ways that I would never be able to do if I just kept that in, locked inside my head. So I'd say the pen is still a very mighty weapon. And as an author, you can use it for good and for inspiration. And, you know, as daunting as that can be, it's certainly a worthwhile pursuit. And then once it's done, you got to tell people about it, right? Because otherwise it's just going to sit stagnant. So 
once you do get it done, you do have to, you know, spread the word. And that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, I would say, don't be shy. Don't be shy about putting words on paper. And then don't be shy about spreading the word once you do have your book finished and published. I encourage our listeners to check this book out. It's called Rockin' By Babies, One World, One Love Tour. It's written by J.W. McCullough, published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can get it everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere. Mr. McCullough, thank you again for coming by the show. I hope we can do this again soon. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Corey, and looking forward to coming back again soon. The Zinc City, Web City, Missouri. It's the new book. It's out in stores right now. It's written by Gene Newby, and Gene is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Gene, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you. Can you tell me all about what readers can expect in the Zinc City, Web City, Missouri? Well, it kind of gives you an idea of what it was like for a small town to get started just because someone uncovered a tiny piece of lead. Hmm. So what inspired you to sit down and write this? Well, I've had a column in our local newspaper for the last 32 years, and it was all on the history of Web City. And so several friends kept asking me, please put it in a book. Please put it in a book. <laughs> our book finally went to uh, online book, uh, our newspaper went to online newspaper instead of print. And so it gave me more time to start getting it all together and send it to the publisher and get it printed. Was that a long process for you? Well, it was 32 years of research, but uh, it took about two years to get it all put together into a book. Mm. Was it a local audience that you were looking to reach here, or do you think it could be broader? Well, it was a little bit broader because we have a lot of people who have moved away from the area who still took a subscription to the newspaper. Now, those that live away are, are buying the book also. Yes, certainly. I think a lot of people could find a lot in this. There's certainly a lot of interest in this city. Can you give us a taste for maybe something interesting that readers could find? Well, I was able to do a lot of interviewing of older people because since I started 32 years ago, they were all still alive at that time. And I got a lot of stories that were firsthand Mm. that weren't just local history. You know, I mean, like one gentleman during the Civil War, he was sent down around Texas area. And so whenever he the war was over, he wanted to come back to this area, but he only had $5. So he took that $5 and he bought a horse and he started training the horse and doing upkeep on the horse. Anyway, he was able to sell that horse for enough money to get back to Jasper County area, which is where Web City is. And he was able to have enough money to invest in some mining. He wound up having a beautiful mansion here at the, you know, and he had an estate over in another area town of Carthage. He wound up being a millionaire when he only had $5 at the end of the war. Is this new to you when it comes to book publishing? I know you've been writing a long time, but as far as the publishing thing goes, was this new for you? This is the first time to have it professionally published. I've done a lot of local local printing of cookbooks, and I made a few post or pamphlets of doing a history walk through town and stuff along that line. But this is my first time to actually had it professionally published. Oh, congratulations on that! You know, a lot of our listeners right now are just starting off. They want to get their first book published. Uh, what words of advice could you give them? Proofread. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had a, you know, I, I wasn't, I mean, I was expecting the proofreading and stuff along that time, but what I realized that I guess some of us overuse commas. <laughs> <laughs> and so well, I had to keep going back through and taking out some of the commas that I have used along the way. But other than that, you know, it, it was very educational. Just having them send you things at different times in the 
process of doing the publishing. And, and each time they would send me a different chore to do, got me more, all more excited mm. about the day would come, would come when that was published. And mm. it was exciting. When that day came, when you held that book in your hands for the first time, what was that like? Almost like having my baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was so exciting to see it. Mm. You, you've got it in your mind as they're publishing it. But until you actually pick it up and hold it in your hands and see the beauty of that book, it's just, it's just amazing. Have you given any thought to doing it again and publishing another book? Yes, I've already got the next book because 32 years of research did not fit in one book. <laughs> <laughs> so I've already got the second book going. It'll be more on the, uh, the businesses and the excitement of the mining and along that line. Anyway, then I have a third book that through the years I've done the interviews with different people. And they tell you their memories of growing up in a small town. That's going to be the third book. So anyway, that's as far as I've gotten so far. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So looking back over your writing career, what would you say is the most rewarding aspect of knowing you've been published, your work is out there, there are lots of people who are reading you? Well, my main thing is I keep telling everybody, write your story. Tell your story of your life that only you can tell. Mm. So this is what these people have done by, by letting me interview them was I get to tell their stories, and they're there forever now. People will always be able to read the history of, you know, the, the man who made it rich, and also the ones who came rich and wound up broke. You know, it's, it's, it's a history of people, their lives, and what all they had to put into making Web City what it is. Well, I encourage people to check this book out. It's called The Zinc City, Web City, Missouri. It's written by Gene Newby, and it's published by Newman Springs Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you get books, Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere. Gene, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had such a wonderful time talking with you. Well, thank you. I love talking about it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.